Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2,200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. Weaners have long been a problematic cohort of animals for sheep producers to manage. Many years of research have been conducted to improve performance and productivity of the youngest animals in the Australian sheep flock. Consequently, optimising their weaner management is high on the priority list for wool growers. In this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by Megan Rogers. Many of you would recognise Megan as the manager for Sheep Connect New South Wales. Megan is also the principal of her own agricultural consulting business, Megan Rogers Consulting Proprietary Limited, incorporating Sheep Smart Solutions, and provides a range of consulting services to farmers and corporate clients. Megan has been at the helm of her business since establishing it in 2013, after a career spanning more than 16 years with the New South Wales DPI. Based out of her farm office in the heart of the sheep wheat belt in Forbes, central New South Wales, Megan and her husband operate a mixed farming operation with pole merinos and dryland cropping. I've invited Megan to join us today to talk about summer weaner management. Welcome, Megan, and thank you for joining the podcast. Oh, thank you, Fiona. It's good to be back again. Megan, you've been really busy this year, um, catching up with many farmers from across our state. What has the season, how's the season been going for wool growers across New South Wales? Well, it's been such a great turnaround from, you know, 12 months ago where we were starting with the the sort of breakdown of, of the drought that affected so much of New South Wales. So, Generally speaking, it's good. There's still a few pockets that are, you know, not experiencing the best of seasons. But since, you know, 12 months ago, things have really turned around for a lot of people. Uh, There's been a lot of rain. um, And currently, I would have to say, even into 2021, we've had good rains in in many areas, but it's probably a little bit more patchy um, in recent times. So yeah, the season may well be good in some areas, but it may well have turned and and gone off um, in other areas. It certainly has been wonderful to see the wet weather returning to most parts of our state. Um, How have the weaners been travelling as a result? Yeah, I, I reckon that I'd probably say patchy again, you know, the the patchiness of the season reflects a lot in the um, in how weaners are, are tracking. Um, it's interesting because quite oftentimes, if we can get a build up to a season and, and have have a good body of feed, you know, most of our classes of sheep prefer things to be a little bit on the drier side, um, provided that there's a you know an adequate supply of feed for them in the paddock. So I'd say patchy is probably a good way to describe how how people's weaners have been travelling and, um, you know, the green feed's such a beneficial um, source of of nutrition for the weaners. 
Megan, with autumn just beginning, people must be going, oh, why is Ship Connect now talking about summer wiener management? But you and I decided to get together and talk about the last bit of summer, really, because it's holding on. And it's certainly I'm up at the New England, for those of you who don't know, and we had 31 degrees yesterday and a wonderful 28 degrees today. So it certainly is an interesting start to autumn. So summer's holding on for us, and I'm assuming, therefore, people are experiencing the same across the state. So what challenges do summer pose for our weaners that we could still be experiencing now? Well, that's right, Faye. Like, what we're, when we're in now is, you know, as you said, we started into early autumn, but we know that the summer doesn't necessarily always cut out. And given how mild it's been in many areas, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a bit of, you know, summer gives us a one last, you know, bashing with some some hot windy dry weather and certainly we had similar sort of conditions yesterday it was warm and it was very windy so i guess as we get to this end of of summer and particularly with with um, weaners in mind we generally have a, a a falling away in feed quality so all of our you know summer growing pastures are getting to the end of their life cycle so therefore the quality is diminished and depending on, on how much rainfall we've had, we might have a quantity issue presented to us. And both of those things really impact on our weaner performance. As we know, our youngest little cohort of animals really don't uh, weather setbacks all that well. And that's why this time of the year can be quite tricky for our weaners. And Megan, we can think we're tracking quite well when we get into the rhythm of farming on a day-to-day -day management, but how quickly can things change for our weaners? Oh, things can change really rapidly for them. And, you know, we do hear some, you know, of some stories from, you know, different areas about how things can turn um, very seriously sort of bad for, for that cohort. And, and I guess, we need to be mindful that our our weaners can sort of start to suffer some some fairly um, major issues if we're not on top of what the issues might be over the horizon and and giving some proactive management around those. Megan, I'd like to get into a few key management points in a minute, but I think it's really important that we just reflect for a minute and look at why weaners are so important to our flock. Can you give us a little bit of a breakdown? Because we, we can sometimes overlook them. What, why, are, why are weaners such an important part of our animals? Yeah, they are a really important part of our flock and particularly um, as we come out of, of the drought that um, New South Wales has experienced, they're a really important cohort in terms of helping us in increase our, our flock numbers. So they're they're a critical part of our rebuild. Um, and in that in that place we sort of say, well, it's a numbers game. So we want as many of those animals if we're trying to build our numbers back up. So we'll try and retain as many of them as we can. Similarly, if we're maintaining our numbers, the more the more weaners we have come through to, to classing, the more sheep we've got for surplus sheep sales. They're also an important component of our flock because technically they've got in the best genetics on board. So they're the future breeders of our, our, um, our flock. And, and that's an important uh, consideration for us as well because if we're investing in, in great genetics, 
we want those genetics to be flowing through into our flock as soon as possible. And, and the more that we've got to do that, the better. And then another component of our weaners are our weathers. And, you know, we, whether we're keeping those as a uh, wool, wool cutting enterprise to, to help with um, uh, feed-based management, which is um, what some people are doing at the moment, or whether we're uh, selling those as lambs and finishing those again, um, they're, they're contributing to whether it be sheep sales or, you know, increasing our, our wool um, our wool clip for the year. So they're really quite important in terms of, of that rebuild and the ongoing, um, you know, profitability and productivity of our flock, Fiona. Thanks, Megan. Looking at how weaners grow, can we be confident if we start the season well, will they keep tracking so? No. No, unfortunately, we can't put any patterns necessarily and go, well, we can set and forget or we can put them in that paddock and forget about them. What we do know is um, if, we, if we weigh all of our weaners, for example, at weaning time and divide them into the heavy and the lighter end, what we do know is that those heavy ones won't necessarily all cont continue to grow at a, at a higher rate. The light ones that we we've we've got in that cohort may well be light because they're uh, they were born a multiple or were born at the end of the the lambing period, so they might be light for no fault of their own. Um, but what happens after weaning is really important as well. They can either continue growing, um, so if they if they've weaned light, they can grow at at, at a great rate that they've been growing at prior to weaning and they'll eventually catch up to those heavier ones or they might not, not grow particularly well. So depending on, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're heavy or light at weaning time, they may not necessarily all do the same thing after weaning. And that's why we need to be really mindful about keeping an eye on them. And about a month after weaning is really important as well. So even if we put them into, you know, heavies and lights at weaning or we, you know, identify them with a dot or something like that, then we can come back and, and have a bit of a look at them because the ones that aren't performing well are the ones that we need to keep an extra eye on and give some additional intervention, additional feed, additional management as to, to why they're not growing well and give them every opportunity to catch up to the heavier ones in the mob. Megan, when we talk about weaners, the two biggest problems they face are for me are weaner mortality and ill thrift. Why are these two conditions so costly to the Australian industry? Fiona, weaner mortality and ill thrift is um, the fourth most costly issue to the sheep industry. So it's it's a big big issue for our industry. And that's through the losses of animals from the system um, and it's they're quite often hidden if we're not looking looking out for those animals. The other thing that's really interesting about the cost to the, the industry is the prevention cost isn't highly significant. So out of the four big ones which are um, the, the main, main um, issues you know, and costs to our industry, the cost of preventing weaner ill thrift and mortality is the lowest. So for a small investment, we can make a big difference. And, and that's really quite an important part of, 
of managing our, our wieners going forward is knowing that they are a vulnerable class. And I, I don't think I don't think anybody's unaware of that. It's about being proactive in avoiding unnecessary losses that we really need to be working hard on. And that's really positive take home message. I think that prevention doesn't cost a lot and we can really make some traction in this area. And you've just mentioned good planning and proactive management are key to this success for you. What, what does it involve for you and why is it important? Well, there's a couple of couple of areas in in this, like in in terms of the planning and the management that are important. And in terms of the good planning, it's really important to set your wieners up for the best start in in life as possible. And that that comes back to managing your breeding as well. So having an appropriate joining length, not having a a, a very long joining time, so that we've got a, an unnecessarily long tail in our mob. So things like that to try and minimise that tail in the mob. Um, going through thinking a little bit about planning your wiener management, making sure that you know the, the plans for what happens to them um, in those, those early weeks and months after weaning is really important. Again, it's, it's good planning, thinking about where your wiener paddocks are going to be, thinking about how you're going to make sure that there's plenty of feed in those paddocks making sure that the, that the feed quality's up to scratch for that cohort. And also things like even your lambing environments and managing lambing and, and managing how those animals, you know, get the best start in their life. But then what happens after we wean them? And, you know, and again, I, I, I keep coming back to it, you know, it's monitoring, 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 planning, planning, planning. Um, we know that there's a bit of a pattern of, of difficulty around these animals and proactive monitoring, keeping an eye on, on what's going on with them in terms of whether they're going ahead. We need to be making sure that they're, they're, they're gaining weight. We don't want them flatlining and we don't want them losing weight. And once once animals are starting to, and if you certainly, you can't see a lot of those, those um, losses. So that's why planning and management and monitoring is really important because you can't see some of those subtle losses and because they're such a small small animal, some of those subtle impacts can have very non-subtle um, ramifications for the flock. Megan, earlier on in the podcast, we mentioned how great it's been to have a break in the season across parts of New South Wales but there's not necessarily any rest. A good season then brings its own set of concerns, especially for animal health. So what should growers be on the lookout for as we're finishing off this summer session? Yeah, worms, 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 and flies, flies, flies. They're the two big ones that have been sort of giving everybody a bit of a hard time this year. And worm, doing regular worm egg counts is really important. We know that in different areas throughout the state, we've got different, you know, patterns of, of internal parasite issues. We need to, to know what the, the parasites are and, and how, how we can best manage those. And the best way to be on the front foot with that, again, is to do regular testing. Um, similarly, with the, the wetter sort of back end of summer and into um, autumn, depending on how warm it stays and how wet it is, flies are going to continue to, to be a bit of an issue there. So um, using the Parabos suite of tools is a really good starting point. 
in terms of working out what pathway you can take to to manage and be proactive again in that space and um, depending on you know particularly with with the likes of flies we need to think a little bit about our wool rehandle when those animals are going to be shorn and working back from there before we um, apply something that's then going to give us withholding and wool rehandling uh, periods that that are unworkable so the other thing I guess is um, we do have a an issue within our industry around availability of shearers and, and you know we are hearing um, of people being um, running quite late due to a lack of shearer availability so we need to factor that a little bit into the decisions we're making around putting products on sheep particularly if we do need to top them up to get them through to you know a delayed shearing for example so making sure that people are, are using the right product for the right job with the right time frame in mind so yeah and and again the worms are just such a, a big a big issue that we need to be considering and again you know doing lots and lots of testing regular testing particularly if it's staying warm and, and wet and Megan, we were joined by Matt Playford on the podcast last week and certainly worms are a huge issue for farmers this year. Why are internal parasites so problematic in our weaners? Fiona, our internal parasites can really, really have a massive impact on the weaner cohort. And that's mainly because they've they've got an undeveloped immune system, so they're not very resilient towards the worms. Um, you know, older older sheep are a little just have a, a little bit more inbuilt resilience to to the worms. The other problem that that we've got with weaners is that they're not carrying a lot of energy reserves on their body because they're growing fast. That then they don't carry very much excess fat at all until they've you know finished doing a lot of their growing um, and and they're still depositing muscle as they're growing as well so therefore and there there are two main energy um, sources if what we're what what the sheep are eating um, is less than what they're requiring so they don't have a lot of inherent reserves anyway therefore if they do have a a burden of worms that's causing causing them to not be able to effectively utilize the feed that's available to them they're going to lose weight rapidly and because they don't have a lot of reserves that's why things go from um, everything being fine to being quite a critical situation so rapidly because they just don't have those reserves and that undeveloped immune system, it's a perfect little you know, opportunity for, for things to go very critically bad in a short period of time. So that's that's part of the reason why they're such a, a vulnerable cohort. Well, food and water, that leads nicely into that because I'd really like to just talk a little bit about water first and then I'd really like to move on and um, talk about nutrition for our little ones since they don't have a lot of reserves on. Water quality first isn't quite so much of an issue coming into autumn for us normally. We, we get quite concerned about it obviously in the middle of summer, but if this weather stays warm like it is, what should we be considering? Oh, we need to think about uh, the water supply and the water quality. Um, so if we are getting towards the end of a, um, a warm summer, thinking about the quality of, of water in dams, 
um, you know, whether there's uh, enough water um, or if, if we're using uh, pipes and uh, pipelines, troughs and tanks, etc. Thinking a little bit about the infrastructure that's around there and, and what the replenishment rate of water is, what the trough size is and, and can all of the animals access and, and get a drink within a, a suitable period of time and also understanding what their water requirements are. So if we do get a blast of hot weather, um, those animals are going to drink significantly more than what they would just on a, on a non-hot and non-windy day. So thinking a, a little bit about uh, requirements, but also uh, managing animals throughout your property, depending on what the, the source of water those animals have been on. And again, I, I know that I've said it too many times already, but monitoring those animals that they are drinking. Um, there's there's a, there's a really strong uh, case to, to continue doing that. Um, if it's hot and windy, again, and, and you've got animals on troughs, you're going to have to make sure that there's not dust and um, dirt in that in those troughs and, and that might require during that period of time twice daily uh, cleaning of troughs because um, the wieners will stand and and um, with a you know then they'll stand off the water and won't drink it if it's um, in any way um, you know fouled up or you know even just got a film of dust sitting on the top of it so yeah water is really important and again um, yeah, they don't have a lot of um, capacity for buffering when it comes to uh, standing standing off water for a while or, or missing missing their um, you know the ability to have a drink. Megan, the same message keeps coming through no matter what topic we're hitting with our wieners today, and it seems that they balance a fine line no matter what we're talking about. And monitoring is the way to overcome and stay on top of that fine line. And I'm assuming you're going to tell us that there's no difference when it comes to their nutritional requirements. So what's important to them? That's right, Fiona. They really their nutritional requirements, because they're a smaller animal, the total amount of energy that they need is less than that of a, of a grown animal. But they do have higher protein requirements because they're actually still growing and, you know, making muscle and, and um, you, know, it's, you know, growing them, themselves into to adult animals. So, again, understanding what their requirements are is really important. We need to have also bear in mind what our um, growth rates uh, need to be or are so that we can uh, forecast whether they're going to hit some growth targets. So depending on whether we're uh, joining as a hoggett, uh, as a ewe hoggett, or whether we're joining as a ewe lamb, our growth rates and targets are going to be different. Similarly, if we're finishing weathers, our growth rates are going to be uh, different again. Um, so we need to be able to re refer that back to and relate it to what feed on offer there is in the paddock and what the energy and protein content of the feed available for those animals are. We also need to understand that energy and protein are two essential components of the diet of, of um, weaners and that they are different and also uh, with one, without adequate supply of one, doesn't matter how much of the other we um, we supply, the the one that's limited is going to limit the overall growth. So, and what we do quite often see, particularly at this time of the year, 
um, although probably to a lesser extent because there's plenty of green material in, in the paddocks. But in a, particularly down here, like at the end of summer, our pastures are quite often uh, brown and have hayed off. Therefore, the protein require the protein content of that feed is lower. Um, but there still might be a bit of energy. People might be trailing grain at this time of the year in a normal season. Therefore, they're getting plenty of energy, but the protein is lacking, um, and to to meet their requirements. Therefore the animals start to look like they're, they're not going ahead and they're not growing. And that is what is happening. And we quite often find that um, increasing the protein in the supplementation ration, whether that be, um, you know, just changing the grain or adding some lupins or um, some, some other uh, source of protein, soon corrects that and those animals start to recover and, and things, things get back on track. But again, by the time you start to notice that things are flatlining, there's there's probably a significant tail, and, and by the time you can see a tail in, in your wieners, we know that there's a tail already um, established there. So again, we've we've really got to make sure that we're understanding what we want those animals to do, and it, and it comes back to again the monitoring and the and the regular weighing, so that we can you know keep an eye on you know that that they are moving forward. Megan, you had some really great key points in there um, that I'd like to take a little bit further, if that's okay. So the first one you had was um, you spoke about their growth targets and whether we're getting ready to turn off or to join early, that we have growth targets for our weaners and their growth rates have to go there in order to meet it. But how can a farmer sit there and work out if they've got enough feed on the ground or if they need to supplement? What's their first port of call to work out if they're going to meet those targets? Well, the first thing that they need to do is know what, what their weight is um, because animals of different size have different nutritional requirements. They also need to know what they're going to, what they're doing with those animals. So, for example, are they looking to finish the weather portion or are they looking to grow the ewes to join as hoggets? So, again, knowing knowing what they're, you know, the the wishing to do with those animals and, and want for those animals. And then, then we need to know what the requirements are. So if, if you know, and what our growth targets are. So um, Australian Wool Innovation have developed um, feed budgets for weaners, for merino weaners, and that, inc that includes both weathers and ewes and has different growth targets and growth rates in there that people can use. Those um, feed budget tables are based around there being, because it's, it can be quite complicated by the time we add in uh, feed on offer in the paddock plus supplements. So it does, doesn't does include the feed on offer, but it's a really good place to start to say, well, I know that my animals need, um, you know, X number of megajoules of, of metabolizable energy. So understanding what our growth rates are, how big our animals are, uh, what our targets are, how long we've got to, to reach targets, and calculating a, a daily growth rate is really important. So I know it sounds a bit complicated, but if um, if people want to access those uh, freely available feed budgets, there's a step-by-step -step, um, how to, to go through that to, to be able to work some of that out. 
Now, uh, this was also information, I think, Megan, if I recall rightly, and you can refresh my memory here. You joined me last year, it was, and it was right in the middle of COVID when it hit and we couldn't run our workshops. And we have our Winning with Wieners workshop, which really goes into depth about this feed budgeting and working out your growth targets and your growth rates. Um, we did a podcast on that and where there's also a webinar that we held online and we went through um, how to use these tables on that webinar in more depth, did we not? That's exactly right, Fiona. We we did go through those and so there's there's two sources. I, I quickly touched on, on that during our webinar recently about wieners. Also, the Winning with Wieners online goes into a, a bit more detail and that's available on our website. It's also available at wool.com um, forward slash weaning, which is where the feed budget tables are, are kept uh, as well. So if if people don't have access to a face-to-face -face workshop, there's, there's some resources out there available to help with that feed budgeting and asking, uh, seeking advice and asking their, um, their consultant, their advisor to give them a hand with the feed budgeting. Feed budgeting is one of those things that seems a little bit you know tricky and it can be if, if you're trying to balance feed on offer in the paddock with you know any supplements and, and manage growth rates but once you've got the the foundation concepts right things are, are, are a lot less complicated and it's just about following a few key steps so um, you know I'd encourage people to to look up those feed budget tables and get some advice from somebody if they're uh, not quite too sure on how to use those tools Great, thanks, Megan. And also, just a small plug there. Although we haven't, we are slowly opening our workshops back up, and Winning with Wieners is available. Um, but if you have a group of farmers that are close to you and you're interested in learning more about how to feed budget and the information from that workshop, you can just contact us and we can put one together for you. So moving on, Megan, from the feed budgeting, just to finish off with, minerals are really important and often overlooked. Um, how important are minerals this year when we have such an increase in pasture availability throughout some parts of the state? Yeah, Fiona, they're quite a it's a it's a different scenario that we've we've got with this abundance of feed and, and quite often um, we do find that different minerals become deficient or you know less available due to the high amount of rain or the pasture or the the you know, lack of proximity that the sheep grazing have to the dirt. Um, so there's and they do they do access you know some of their their nutrients from the soil. So there's there's a few different sort of you know rules of thumb there that you know like in in poor seasons when there's a lot less feed on offer they can access some different ones from the soil. Other times you know just just the the abundance of feed and how fast it may have grown can um you know cause some deficiencies as well and and i guess with this young young cohort of animals again prevention's way better than cure and to to think think ahead a little bit and provide some mineral supplementation to those animals at different times they may or may not be accessing it depending on on um whether they're used to it or not. So again, giving them a bit of a training um, session whilst on mum and while they're having their while they're being imprint imprinted for for supplementary feedings, a good idea to have just to again to avoid the setback setbacks that 
that um, the leached pastures or the dry end of life cycle pastures might be presenting. Thanks, Megan. Look, there's a lot to consider when it comes to getting our wiener management right, and the process can be a little bit daunting. I'm a bit of a list girl myself, and one of the things that I found really helpful that came out of our workshop was the wiener management checklist put out by AWI. Could you tell us just briefly how to use it and where we can access it? Yeah, so the, the Wiener Management Checklist is available for download at www.wool.com forward slash weaning, which is where you will find the feed budget tables and there's the recording from that um, webinar that we ran last year, which is Winning with Wieners Online. So all of that is freely available. Um, and I guess purely from personal preference, nothing replaces the face-to-face -face workshops, but given um, that we've you know, certainly for the last 12 months been in some interesting times, it's the next best thing. Um, and the, the checklist runs through all of the things that you really need to know in terms of setting yourself up for um, a good, good outcome with the management of your wieners. So it starts with, you know, and it's got a little box to put your joining and your weaning date and your lambing date and and helps you t work out your target weaning weight. Um, and I haven't talked about the target weaning weight now um, today because it is a, a concept that may take a little bit of, of getting one's head around. That information's all available. Um, but once you've got your target weaning weight, then you're able to work out what your growth rates and targets are. Uh, the other things that it does, does um, cover also, which I haven't mentioned, which I did fail to mention um, when you asked me a question a bit earlier about um, animal health concerns, is with things like vaccination um, and drenching with effective drenches. So that's all covered in the wiener management checklist. Um, we need to make sure that we're ticking all of the boxes that are on that wiener management checklist because any shortcuts are not going to get us anywhere with our wieners and, and you know, they are such an important uh, group of animals in our flock. So that checklist is great because it just gives you the opportunity to look a little bit further ahead of, you know, in terms of, you know, managing your, your work program and, you know, it gives you the opportunity to record what the, um, the weights are of those animals at those key times that we've outlined in that checklist. So, um, you know, and again, the worm worm management and, you know, when to do those key operations. So, yeah, I, I do like a, a list as well, Fiona. I'm um, very much in favour of it. So, Excellent. Thanks, Megan. So just to sum up there for you, everyone, for more information, go to www.wool.com forward slash weaning or the Sheep Connect New South Wales website, which is www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au. Well, That's thanks right. again, Megan, for joining us on the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. It's been wonderful to have you. And thanks for the information that you've shared with our listeners. Thanks, Fiona. It's um, it's always great to, to be involved in, in another podcast episode. So, yeah, and hopefully everybody um, enjoys it and hopefully everybody continues to enjoy good seasonal conditions and great wiener management outcomes as well. So thanks for having me. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. 
We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au. Find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year. Thanks again for joining us today. Bye for now.